Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. We're in the series called Start, and we're really just talking about the mercy to move forward, moving into new things, making new decisions. Uh, you know, I think it's something that's always on our mind at the beginning of the year. I know that it's a trend, but how many know some trends are good trends? And so it's good that we establish new things in our lives. And um, I shared with you guys last week, and we, we talked about, I, I would encourage you if you weren't here last week to go back and catch the podcast, probably for for some of us, the most important, uh, so we talked about some of the most important things that we can do in our lives uh, is really building that relationship with God. And that's what we talked about last week. And, and I shared last week about what I'm doing this year to kind of change up my Bible reading. And so what I've decided to do is that this year I decided rather than try to read my Bible through any year or, you know, have some kind of um, plan that to read so much. I've just decided every month that I'm just going to devote myself to one particular book of the Bible. So what I'm doing right now in January is I'm, I'm stuck on purpose in the book of Ephesians and I'm just reading it over and over and over again. It's one of my favorite books. The scripture has got a lot of great prayers and things like that. And so I knew I was going to be preaching this message, but I, I really didn't know until I got into my reading that, uh, this, that Ephesians really, uh, spoke to what we're going to talk about today. And we're talking about shining, start shining. And, um, you know, all of us, if we're in Christ have, the light of Jesus in us. That that's why Scripture tells us to arise and shine. It doesn't say start shining. We actually emit the light. Emit the light that's already in us. Right? You don't have really a light of your own. I guess you do, but you don't really shine for yourself. We shine for Jesus. And and so as I'm studying the book of Ephesians, Ephesians is in this place called Ephesus and. It's the commercial, political, and religious center of Western Asia. And the church was influencing at such a degree that people started pretending to be part of the church. Imagine that. Imagine the church having so much influence that people said, I want to be a part of that, but they weren't really sold out to it. And so they, they started pretending. There was actually people that pretended to be apostles so they could have political gain or so they could have financial gain, especially greed, in the 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 community of Ephesus because they saw what the church was doing. The church was creating models. So people were pretending uh, to, to be uh, the church. And a lot of the patterns that were kind of sneaking their way into the church because of their influence, so much of the world was coming in. And my personal belief is probably because they were getting people brought into the church at, at such a fa- alarming rate that the world wasn't getting off of these people, right? It's like they were, they were coming into the church, but they were still really worldly. And so Paul starts, starts encouraging, if you will, or exhorting the, the church in Ephesus here in Ephesians chapter five, if you have your Bibles or your app, or you can just look up on the screen and he starts off and he says this, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no impure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. 
For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Well, how many y'all are, whoa, this is intense. So don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. Well, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Oh, oh. Well, let's just pretend that one's not there. It's your memory verse this week. Uh, don't participate in the things these people do. In other words, don't be like them. Who's he talking about? These people that have crept in to the church. He's like, these things, uh, don't, don't do the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. That was you. You were full of darkness. You were just like them. But now, because you've been redeemed, one scripture says this, you've been brought into the kingdom of light. So don't imitate them, for you once were full of darkness, and now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. Live as people of light from the Lord. So live. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. That's an intense instruction, isn't it? Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. In other words, don't just live your life going, eh. Might please the Lord, might not. No, no, no. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. How do I live my life? I want to please the Lord. Carefully. Carefully, not flippantly. So many times we're just kind of like, oh, maybe I might displease the Lord. But what are you doing to please the Lord? What are you doing to really go after him? Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is what is said. This is why it's said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Right? Some there's a lot of messages going around now that you just kind of throw caution to the wind. No, no, no. Be careful. The way that you live. Don't live like fools. But live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Do not act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So here's Paul talking to the church, exhorting them, be holy. Be children of light. Be different than the darkness that's around you that's kind of creeping in. Let's, let's get rid of all this filth. Get rid of all this sin. Get rid of all this junk in your life and be the light. Start shining is what he's telling the church here. And then I believe that Paul, in this exhortation, did a really good job of encouraging the people to do this. And in fact, I believe that they obeyed based upon Revelation chapter 2 where Jesus comes to speak to the church. Okay, here we go. This is the church of Ephesians that Paul was just writing to. This is Jesus addressing the church, and this is what he says. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. What were they working for? They were working to get away from this sinful lifestyle. And he saw that they were enduring, that they were pressing on to God, and the sin was going away. Okay, so he's like, you're doing good. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims, and here, here it goes into talking about those that have the 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 fake ones that have come in and and made their way in he said you've examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not you've discovered that they are liars you have patiently suffered for me without quitting but i have this complaint 
You're doing good. You're doing awesome. You're saying no to sin. That's really great that you're saying no to sin, right? That you're exposing those that have come in and said that there's something that they're not. They're liars. You've done good. You're doing really good. However, oh, right? But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other like you did at first. Remember when you used to love me and you said no to those things based out of love? Well, you've been good about the discipline part, but let's get the love back. Come on, are you with me? He said, but I have this complaint against you. You do not love me or each other like you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works that you did at first. Get back to the intimacy. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. Now that's pretty intense, right? So Jesus is saying as a warning, I don't think that, you know, we read these letters to the church. I I think it gives us very much an accurate picture of who Jesus is now because he is the king reigning. Come on, are you with me? And so I think a lot of times people kind of dismiss this from their theology. But Jesus is saying, I really have, I think you're doing good on the discipline part. You're saying no, you're exposing people, you're doing all the right things, but your heart, your heart is not in it. And I want your heart. I know if I have your heart, you're going to do all the right stuff. The problem is you're doing all the right stuff and you don't have the heart. We talked a lot about that last week. So I want to talk today, realities about shining, because we don't want to be the church that Jesus was talking about here if indeed he did have to come and remove their stand, right? Take their light out of the world, right? We don't want to be like that. We want to be a church that's shining, that's shining bright in our community. How many know that in the darkest world, in the hour that we now live, we need to shine like never before? We don't have a, we don't have a world problem. We have a church problem. The, the, the darkness in the world is not because there's not light in the world. It's because the light is not in a place of influence. We're not using our influence. We're huddling in our Christian churches and our houses and Christian jobs and Christian communities and Christian bookstores. And we're saying, we have the light amongst a lot of other light. How many know that light doesn't shine, doesn't really make much of a difference in a lit room? It makes a difference in the darkness. So we are created to shine. So I want to talk three realities this morning about shining. How many of you want to shine? You want to shine. Now, when I talk about shine, I'm not talking about you being popular and you being known and you being recognized and you, you being filled with greed and everybody loving you. I'm talking about the light of Christ beaming in your life. And um, so I want, to, I want to just talk a little bit about this. The first thing about light is that light starts on the inside. Light starts on the inside. Look at your neighbor and say, light starts on the inside. Look at your other neighbor and say, there's a lot inside of you. We are pregnant with light, right? It is inside of us. It dwells inside of us. The church is the only living organism, as far as I know, is the only living organism that is pregnant and produces at the same time. We're the only ones, right? As far as I know of all creation, nothing else can be pregnant and producing at the same time. The church can. And we are a living organism. And we're alive with the light, but we're also producing light at the same time. Because, why? Because light comes from within, right? And so it's, check this out. There's this parable in Matthew chapter 25. And there's, I could go real deep into this today, but I don't think I'm going to. 
But it says this in Matthew 25. It says, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated the story of ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused to the shout, Look, the bridegroom's come, coming. The bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. And all the bridemaids got together and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil. Because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough oil for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourself. Go get your own oil. But while they were gone to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was locked. Later, when the other five five bridesmaids, I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying bridesmaids today. Five bridesmaids returned. They stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. We were out buying oil. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know when the day or the hour may return. Now, biblical weddings, they had this procession. I mean, they weren't like today where, you know, mostly in America nowadays, a wedding is built around a reception, right? And uh, really, weddings back then, they were built around really this procession where the bridegroom would actually come. You know, now we have the, the bride comes, right down the aisle but in in biblical instances the the bridegroom went to get the bride and then brought her back right this is a picture of Christ in the church that we have this is the whole dynamic here and so what would happen is it was a journey usually for the bride for the bridegroom to come get the bride and he had the company of these bridesmaids or some translations say virgins and which is really an accurate word for that because they were women of purity come on they weren't just some friends and they actually picked pure women to do this. And so what they would do is they would sit around waiting for the bridegroom to show up. He would go, he would go from his house. He would dress up like a king and go from his house and go all the way to their house, which was usually a journey. They didn't have cars. So they would usually part of that trip would be taken during the night. Okay. So he would come and he would get his, the crew, get his bride and they would go with the bride with all these virgins or these bridesmaids would go back with them to the wedding feast. And so what would happen is they would sit in this house and they would prepare, they would trim their wicks. They were doing all the preparations that bridesmaids do while they waited for the bridegroom to come. But it tells us in the story that there were five wise bridesmaids and there were five foolish ones. Now we know that they were pure, but their purity, just because they were pure, didn't mean they were wise. And so what happens a lot of times in the church, we have a pure bride, but we don't have a wise bride. We're pure because of what Jesus has done, but we're wise according to what we do. Right? Come on. And so what it says is that the foolish were like, oh my gosh, he's here. What are we going to do? We, we weren't prepared for him to be here this quick. We don't have enough oil. Oh, we're going to, our lamb's going to burn out. And they're like, can we borrow some of your oil? They're like, if we give you our oil, we'll all run out. Go get your own. And so while they were gone to get their oil, oh, we better do it. It's, it's going to be too late. We better hurry. And when they came back, they're op- they missed their opportunity. Why did they miss their opportunity? Because they weren't prepared. Scripture tells us to be prepared in season and out of season. 
So just because you're pure, don't assume that you're being wise. You've got to keep oil in your tank. See, um, the oil that we carry as the body of Christ is intimacy. That's the oil that we carry. It is something inside of us that prepares us for whatever comes our way. And we spent a lot of time talking about relationship and intimacy with the Lord last week. But it's kind of like these lamps you have up here, right? You guys see the flame on them, right? But you don't see the oil, do you? But you know oil is in there or they wouldn't be burning. Or maybe you never thought about that before. Now you know. There's oil in there. And they're burning because there's oil. What happens, Brooke, whenever the oil runs out, what happens? The fire burns out. Why? Because you've got to have oil for there to be fire. Right? There's got to be oil. Listen, I got this flashlight yesterday. And it works pretty good. They're much better than they used to be. Thank God for technology. But... It's not working. Why doesn't it work? Because I don't have my battery in there. Because I don't have any oil in there. I don't have any fuel in my battery. I don't have any energy. I don't have anything. Well, I got a light. I got it. Right? Who's my light? There's got to be something in order for the light to emit. There has to be oil. There has to be energy. There has to be something for the light to burn. If there's nothing for it to burn, it won't be bright. What's interesting, I love about this, and I didn't even think about it until after I bought it. I opened it up and pulled out the battery. I thought there were going to be two batteries in there. Not anymore. Just one. And I remember these batteries when I was a kid. They say, ever ready. And I thought, how appropriate. Ever ready. We need to be ever ready with the oil that is in our lives. The intimacy with Jesus that I will always have that connection with the Lord. That I'm, that I'm spending time with him on a daily basis. Guess what? I'm going to shine. And this is what's crazy. When you have intimacy with the Lord, there's no on and off button. It's always on. Right? It's always on. It works pretty good. It's pretty good light. Right? It's always on. It's always on. Why? Because of the fuel. Because of the intimacy. You got that. Leviticus 24.2. It says this. Do not let the fire go out. It's talking about the fire that burned on the altar. The place of intimacy. The place where people meet with God. Don't let that fire go out. You keep the fuel in there. You keep, you keep spending time in the word. You keep spending time in prayer. You keep worshiping Jesus. Why? Not just so you'll have a light. You'll have a light. That'll... That'll be there. You don't even worry about it. You just focus on the intimacy part and you watch what happens. And again, the fuel isn't normally seen. That's why we don't go around and be like, hey, I read my Bible today. No, no, no. Everybody knows that you did. They know when you've been praying. Why? Because a praying Christian and a, a Christian that's reading their Bible is a Christian that's shining. And a Christian that's not, that doesn't have that intimacy with the Lord, they're not shining. So, we can't be foolish like those bridesmaids that say, well, whenever, you know, when I get time, I'm sure that was their excuse. We didn't have time to go get oil. We didn't know you were coming so soon. 
I didn't know the opportunity was going to be here right now. That's why Paul exhorted us. He said, be ready all the time. Be ready to shine. Be ready to shine always. Today is your day. This is your hour to shine. This is your hour to be an example for Jesus. Right now, not when you get everything sorted out. You just focus on the the internal and watch God shine in your life. Now, number one. It all starts on the inside. Number two. Walk in the light. Now walk in that light. You walk in that light. First John chapter five, first John chapter one, verse five says, this is the message that we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. No darkness in God at all. How much darkness in God? None, none at all. So we are lying. Oh, here we go. Well, let's just skip over that part. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship of God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. Oh, man, I have Jesus in my life, and I'm living like the devil. Then you don't have Jesus in your life. You're a liar, according to 1 John right here. Well, I made a decision. I don't care about your decision. Scripture tells us to walk in the light. We walk in the light. It's something that is lived out. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, that connection with God, but we go out living in. In spiritual darkness, we are not practicing the truth. But if we are living, one scripture, one translation says this, the NIV says we are walking in the light. If we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's kind of like when we walk in that light, whenever we walk in the revelation of Jesus, when we start walking in that intimacy, when we start letting it play out in our life, it just, it's kind of like the, 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 the forgiveness just becomes a waterfall in our life. It's just, just continually pouring. And then we start walking in holiness. We start walking clean. We're walking in fellowship and we're living it out. I'm afraid that sometimes we'd rather be celebrated by the darkness, by hiding the light than celebrating the light and illuminating the darkness. Let me say that again. Sometimes we'd rather be celebrating, be celebrated by the darkness, by hiding the light, right? Well, I don't want to tell anybody about this thing inside of me. I'll just kind of hide it. Then celebrating the light and illuminating the darkness. See, the, the reason why lights exist is for illumination. You know what darkness is? The absence of light. So everywhere you go, follower of Christ, everywhere you go, there is light there. See, it's in your nature. It's in your DNA. That's why when you work at work, that when you're at work, people are coming to you like, what's different about you? And, and I, I feel like I need to tell you everything in my life that I'm discouraged or frustrated about. Why? Why are people doing that? Because you're light. And there's no other light in the room except for you. Some of you are asking to be God to deliver you from that job or that situation. God's like, I need a light there. And if you're not there, then who's going to be the light? Well, I'll just pray another one in. I'll just go and shine with a bunch of other lights. That'll do a lot of good. And let me just say this. A lot of times I feel like that, that we just have these these habits in our life, and we call them weaknesses, to where we, we're, just, we, we're just like the world, and we're not being the light. We're not walking in the light. Can I ask you today, what makes you different than the darkness around you? I I know Christ, but your lifestyle, how are you walking in the light? How is that revealed in your workplace, in your home, in your family? How is it different? 
How are you different than the darkness around you? Because there is no more contrast in the universe than light and darkness. Nothing more contrast. You are light. Walk in the light. I'm afraid so many times we've, we've, we've kind of compromised to fit in and to be celebrated by this world. God didn't call you to be celebrated by this world. Look what they did to Jesus. <laughs> I, just, I, just want, I just want everybody to like me. Listen, everybody is not going to like you because of Jesus. In fact, Jesus, one of the, there's a good promise for you. Jesus said they will hate you because of me. Why? Because light and darkness don't mix. If there's light, there's no darkness. And let me just say this. Some of you feel like, well, man, I just, you know, I, I do have a lot of issues and, and I'm, I'm trying and my light's very dim. Can I tell you today that even a dim light makes a big difference in a dark place? Even a dim light. So if you feel like your light is dim, you just, you just shine that little light. This little light. Am I, yeah, right. It might just be a light, little light. It might be all it is, but it can make a huge difference. Come on. Ephesians chapter 5, again, visiting our text this morning. So be careful how you live. See, we, we, we throw caution to the wind to be accepted, to be celebrated, to get the raise, to have people like us. We, we throw caution to the wind. We're just like, well, you know, we don't even think about it. We don't go in going, and we've got to function like this, gang. We've got to be thinking, I am light. I've, I've got to shine here. I've got to shine here in my workplace. I've got to shine here at school. I've got to shine here in the world. I've got to shine everywhere I'm going. I've got to shine. We, this has got to be continually on our mind. And this is why he says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But those who are wise, there it is again. Don't be foolish. What, what does it mean to be foolish? It means that you just throw caution to the wind. Right? But make the most of every opportunity. Every opportunity. How you do that? By walking in the light. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. <clears throat> How many know that you have to have a testimony to share one? What is your testimony? What does the world say about your light? What is your testimony? You sh- whatever your testimony is, you, ne- you should be able to, in 30 seconds, you should be able to tell me what your testimony is. I just never thought about it. It's okay. So now you're going to wise up and you're going to, maybe you'll write it down. Maybe you'll put it in a voice memo on your phone. This is my testimony. Right? Grew up this way and then Jesus. Right? (laughs) Was going this way and then Jesus. And then everything changed. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean that you've got all the issues of the world or the issues in your life all solved. Again, you, you might be dim, but you've got to shine. You've got to shine. It's, it's so funny how sometimes we think we're spiritual, but how spiritual we can act around other lights. Hey, look how spiritual I am. It's, it's easy to do that in church. Right? Oh, man, I just love God. Oh, yeah, let's, let's all get wrecked together. I love that. I love it. But listen, if that's the end, then we are, we are greatly missing our destiny. God didn't call us to come in here and be warm together and just have community. I love the community. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
We need it. It's like we get together, and it's like solar panels. It's like, but when we go out, let's shine. Let's not just talk about how good it was this Sunday to Sunday, but let's start hearing the stories about on Monday how I shine, and someone came to Jesus, and let's see what my lifestyle looks like. And they used to say this about me. They used to say I was all negative. All of a sudden, they're coming up to me at work, and they're being like, man, you just, there's this really been a change here. You're just so positive. Can, I just come, can we just come over to your house for dinner and just hang out? We just love being around you. What is that? That's the light of Christ beaming in your life because you've decided to walk in the light. You've decided to walk out. Those things that we talk about, you're not just like, oh, no, no, what? maybe somebody will see me. No, no, no. You need to make the most of every opportunity. Every opportunity. Walmart, oh, Lord. Yeah, just complain. We just complain. Oh, the cart's here. I was, uh, I went to, because I, I screw this up all the time, too. Um, I went to Domino's the other day at a, we go to Domino's sometimes. It's good pizza and pizza's just good. Pizza, pizza's good. And so I go into Domino's, I ordered on the app and everything. I go in and my pizza's not ready. And I'm, I'm just kind of like, I'm like four people. They're, they're just a mess, man. And I'm just like frustrated about it. And I'm just had to remind myself, you're the light. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be on the light. Oh, hey. <laughs> not a big deal, but it's taking like 40 minutes. Isn't it supposed to be free, by the way? No, no, no. I didn't have comp no attitude. Why? Because I'm the light there. When I'm at Walmart, when I get out of my car and I see a car right, sitting in the middle of the aisle, and I'm like, oh, stupid car. I can't believe somebody. Can you believe somebody left their car there? What an idiot. They need to get an employee out there. How about you go over there and move the car? Yeah. Well, it's not my job. Yes, it is. It's your job. It's your job to make the world better. Most of us that sit around want to complain about how jacked up the world is. Ooh, get on Facebook and complain about, I'm going to write their CEO. I'm going to, blah, blah, blah. what are you going to do to change it though? Yeah. You're going to sit around and talk about it because talk's cheap. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Which leads us to number three put it on its stand. You walk that life out. You live it out. You got to have that testimony. Listen, you're living like the devil and you wonder why you got, you got obvious sin issues in your life. You're posting on Facebook how you're sinning and you wonder why you can't influence people for Christ. Do me the favor. Please stop calling yourself a Christian. If you're not going to live like one, please stop. If you're not going to follow Christ, then quit saying you're a Christ follower. I don't care about how you were raised or a decision you made or something. Don't call yourself a Christian and live like the devil because you make the rest of us that are really trying to make an impact in the world look really bad. So please just be real. And when I'm talking about being real, I'm not talking about being real to your sinful nature, but being real to your spiritual DNA to shine the light of Jesus. I know we just want to throw all that, but put it on a stand. Now, Jesus said this. He said, if you don't shine that light, I'm going to take that Lamp off its stand. And I'm afraid that we, we are almost to that point in our culture, that the light is about to be removed from its stand. And, and in fact, many places it probably is. But when we talk about putting it on a stand, we're talking about intentionality. We're talking about intentionally walking it out, intentionally putting light on its stand. Check this out. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. Well, Jesus is the light of the world. He is. But guess what Jesus said? He said, I'm the light of the world. And then later he's like, you're the light of the world. You are. It's you. I'm leaving. I'm going to heaven. You're the light now. Let's just keep this intimacy thing going on. 
and you shine for me. You are like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one takes a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on its stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. That's interesting. We're not doing it to be seen, but it will be seen so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. So we're not doing righteous deeds. We're not doing acts of goodness and acts of kindness to be seen. So we can be like, oh, look how awesome they are. No, no, no. We're doing it to influence them for Jesus. That's the reason why we're shining. So it's good that people see your deeds. Well, I don't want to lift my hand and my right hand. Your motivation needs to be pure. But shine for Jesus. Put your light on its stand. Hide it under a bush. Oh, no. Right? You guys know that song, right? Hide it under a bush. Oh, no. I'm going to let it shine, right? Again, this little light, whatever, whatever it is, put it on its stand. That way you get a light to everyone in the house. Listen, Jesus positioned you to shine. The reason why that you, one of the reasons why that you are made alive in Christ and pure in Christ is so you can reflect his light. He's positioned you to be righteous, to shine like he shines. And he put you on a stand. He put you on a stage. You have a stage. Do you know that? Oh, I'm scared to talk in front. You have a stage. Now, right now, we've, we've, done, we've done less with more than any other generation. Haven't we? I mean, we have all these outlets with social media and the internet, all the information in the whole world at our fingertips, and we do it to talk about ourselves. We do it to make ourselves look good, right? We put our perfect little selfie on there, you know, with a good little filter so they don't see our little blemishes, right? We do it all what to glorify ourselves. When Jesus is like, would you use this stuff? This is your platform. Would you shine for me? Or are you just going to talk about how great you are and everything that you don't like in the world? <laughs> well, you were positioned to shine. You, you were on display. Listen, your good works don't save you, but they may lead someone else to salvation. Your good works won't save you. You can't be good enough to be saved. No, you can't do enough good things to be saved. However, you can do enough good things that other people might see you and glorify your Father in heaven. So we don't throw works out. We need those works. We need them to influence the world. <clears throat> First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are, who's that? Everybody say we. Say so that's me. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation. That's you. Whoa. That'll make you flare up. Oh. Chosen, priestly, <laughs> Shabbat, right? You're like, oh, right? Come on, that'll puff you up real quick. Listen, you're chosen, royal, holy, God's own possession. I belong to God, right? If they can put a spring in your step, then I, I don't know what, what it's going to take. But it says this, as a result, because of that, because of your position, because of how I've made you, because of how I've given Jesus for you, you can show others the goodness of God. So others can see the goodness of God like you saw the goodness of God. Why? For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. He called you out so you could shine, so you could influence, so you could represent the kingdom. We all have that stand. We have jobs. We have social media. We have people watching us. We all have a level of influence. All of us have a level of influence. You do. I do. We all have a level of influence. How are we using our influence? Are we using it for promotion, recognition, self-worth, so we can feel better about ourselves? 
or so people that might come to the righteous light of Jesus. Being intentional means this, that we preach the gospel. Now, I know, preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. It's necessary to use words. The, the, the difference between you and your Mormon neighbor is that, first of all, he's a better citizen than you. But the real difference, the real difference is the message. That's the difference. The difference is the message. So if the message isn't preached, lives aren't changed. So part of shining is speaking. Well, I don't really, my, my faith is just pretty private. That's not faith. Faith is a private matter that has a public display, faith in Jesus. Don't give me this. I just don't need the courage. If you need courage, we'll pray for courage. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we'll pray for that. We'll, we'll believe God that he will light you up, that you'll have the boldness and the courage to share the gospel. This doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to stand up on the table at work and in the cafeteria and be like, God says. No, 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 no. Just one-on-one conversation. Some of y'all might do that. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. I want to hear that story. How many know the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, when Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel? It wasn't the great suggestion. It wasn't the great recommendation. This is how you can make the world better. If you just go out and tell everybody, isn't that a great idea? No, no, I implore you, go, preach, make disciples, change the world. Yeah, come on. Okay. You want to come to my Bible study? Preach the gospel. The gospel is what makes us the difference. That makes us different. It's the goodness of the gospel. It's the pure gospel of Jesus Christ that separates us from this dark world. It's the pure light of Jesus. That is what separates us. It's simple. The gospel is simple. We're rotten. We're in darkness. But God came to light us up. What's on your stand? Nate, you can come up. What's on your stand? I know today's kind of a, whoa, Josh, you're usually so nice. I just always feel so encouraged. I am encouraging you. Shine. It's time. It's time. We are not going to influence this community. And we want to influence this community. We are not going to influence this community by just having more Bible studies. Those are great. We're going to be the church. We're going to do one thing here at Overflow. We're going to do one thing really, really well. We're going to be the church. But part of being the church is being the church on Monday through Friday, Saturday. When we go out into places, when we're at work, when we're having conversations with our neighbor, that's when we're going to be the church. So what's on your stand? And I think we, listen, I, I know I can do better. I can do better. I, I'm, I'm conscious of it all the time. I'm, I'm thinking about it all the time. And some people say, oh, man, you're getting into works. No, no, no. I'm getting into scripture that tells me right here to make the most of every opportunity. I'm giving, giving attention to the scripture. It says this is important. To walk in the light as he is in the light. To not walk in darkness. Listen, some of you, you're like, man, I just I got these weaknesses in my life. We all have areas in our life that need to be exposed to the light of Christ. We all have that. We all have weakness. We all have little sin things that we struggle with. We all have that. Okay, let's move on. Let's do our best to deal with that. Come on and submit and yield those areas of Christ to Christ. But don't feel like you have to have it all figured out to come to Jesus. That's just not how it works. You come to Jesus and he deals with the issues. He'll deal with the sin. You, you get that relationship right. 
those sin issues will start taking care of themselves. I guarantee you. The depression issues will start taking care of themselves. The focus issues will start taking care of themselves. The temper issues will start taking care of themselves. You just need to get the right battery in your device. Get the oil. Let me read this to you and then we're going to pray. Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. It's already here. We thank you, Lord, that your light is already here. And the glory of the Lord rises on you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is all over the people, but the Lord rises on you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light. (laughs) Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on with them. Then you will look and be radiant. Love this. Then you will look and be radiant. You will shine. Your heart will throb and swell with joy.